Hello, and welcome to the Tent Podcast. That is to say, Thriving in Technology. Your hosts are Sam Moulton, Petra Stefanova, and yours truly, Cecilia Taylor, all members of the Influence Team here at NADAP. For this episode, we're excited to have Lauren Friedman representing the Cisco Champions Program. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you for carving out time to speak with us today. Say, Sam, I know you've known Lauren for quite a while, so can you tell us how y'all met and when and how you've worked together in the past? Well, I'm going to let Lauren answer that because she reminded me today of how exactly that happened. Yeah, I mean, I think it was um, around the time that Amy was heading out from Cisco that she's like, hey, you guys should meet each other because, you know, the A-team and the champions probably have some good places where they can work together. And there was uh, some nice overlap as well. Yep. There's Amy Lewis. Always, always there for us. Exactly. Well, I, I have to admit, I was actually feeling like she was deserting me, um, going off to a you know another storage company. I, we don't have to necessarily talk about any of that, um, but uh, we had just kind of gotten things going uh, in terms of uh, interacting with the with the champions, and it was helping me learn a little bit more about how to get the A team going, if you will. So, but all in all, uh, worked out very well because uh, Amy and I, of course, reunited. We all did. And Lauren has been there um, filling her shoes now for what? How many years, Lauren? Three years, maybe? Something like that. I actually have lost count of my time here. Uh, Yeah, three or four years. And it might be because you've been a little busy also since we first met, getting married, having a baby, very exciting stuff. Yeah, I spawned. It's been great. (laughs) I spawned. I love that. So for those um, in our audience who don't know you as well as we do, uh, would you just tell us a little bit more about yourself and what gets you excited? I think Spawn is probably on the list, but please uh, share with us. Yeah. So, I mean, I run a lot of the influence programs for the enterprise networks, data center, cloud, and whichever other teams we kind of pull into our orbit. Um, so we have Cisco champions, we do tech field days and a lot of different things. And I just really love, I think I have like the coolest job of almost anyone. And I love the people I get to work with, both my colleagues, as well as a lot of the champions. Uh, They're just really great people. So those are really like kind of my background in a nutshell. Well, not background, but who I am in a nutshell and how I'm a nut and get excited for being around other folks. Well, going back to that, I think we all share in common. So Sam runs the A-team, I run NetApp United, and Cecilia is our queen behind uh, employee advocacy. So we, I think what we all have in common is that passion for community and, you know, con- creating real human-to-human connections and driving great things out of it. My question to you, Lauren, is, you know, how did you start working with the, the Cisco Champions program? Um, tell us a little bit about the program itself. I suppose over the years it changed quite a bit. So tell us what is the latest and greatest that you're currently working on and what keeps you excited in your um, in your role. All right. I will try to hit each of those. Remind me if I miss one of those questions. Um, I got started in it. Well, I had been doing social for the EN team and the IoT team at the time. Uh, and we were also doing Tech Field Day. So it was a little bit of social and influencer overlap. Uh, and I saw Amy was doing the something like the 
the champions with the data center group. Um, and I say something because I can't actually recall if it had already started or if I got in toward the very beginning-ish. Um, and so I we did the same for the enterprise team. And we at Cisco, we have different architectures that we talk about. So there's a marketing group for enterprise networks. Uh, and then there's marketing group for data center, which is why I keep referring to different groups. But it all works together, obviously. Um, so that's how I got involved. Over time, it has it's grown a little bit in terms of the numbers of people. I think we had about 100 that first year. And now five years in, we're at about 250 we lose people over the year because they tend to get hired by, well, not 10, I don't want to say that. We we hire a few folks occasionally. Others change jobs and, huh? Yes. Yeah. I didn't want it to sound like it's some sort of in because that would be awkward. Um, but then, or folks go and work at a competitor or they do some other job where they can't really be involved. So, but we're, you know, we tend to have about, uh, we're at about 240 right now. And, um, it, but it's actually in terms of, you know, it's grown, but it's also deepened, if that makes any sense. Uh, I, re I really saw the change when we started up having WebEx teams rooms and there were Spark at the time. And suddenly people who had been having kind of disparate conversations on Twitter were now having focused ongoing conversations in the teams rooms. Uh, and it's been really nice to see that community develop and that people are helping each other from across the world at all hours of the day and night. And the conversations will range from, you know, the delicious uh, whiskey that someone's having to deep technical questions that folks are talking about with each other. So it's it's been nice to see this. It's like a sort of a little sub community that's formed among the champions. Um, and then we've also grown it in terms of we've had, uh, you know, we were doing uh, Cisco Champions Radio from the beginning, which is our podcast We've also been, we've also added a few things um, like we, to help folks with like their career and branding. We have a, a weekly clap thing called blogging club where basically we have a blogging expert who's Andy and I'll give you her name for the show notes. She's awesome. Uh, and she's been blogging for like 10 years. She's got a really awesome travel blog, but so she goes into depth onto various topics that folks might want to know about. So how to do SEO optimization, how to think through great topics for your blog. And these are things that the champions, they can join us whenever they want, but it gives them a deeper dive uh, and a way to learn a little bit more that would help their own personal brand. So, and we, so, you know, that's just one of the things that we've been doing and have added just this year. So I think it's been a really great program. Um, apologies, I probably missed your other questions. Um, actually, Lauren, yeah. if, if I could just back up for a second, um, this this thing that you were just speaking of, where you have someone who uh, assists, I guess, the members with you know information around, like you said, SEO and that kind of thing. Yeah. What's the for What's the format for that? Um, basically, we start off with like a hello and introduction. We have uh, shorter sections on like a challenge of the week or, and also a tip of the week, but then she'll usually have about 20 to 30 minutes deep dive on a topic. And it's, it's all over our WebEx, um, Okay, it's web oh, Okay, that's what I was wondering. Uh, yeah, okay. we don't. Sadly, we can't get all the. Yeah, it's a bit to hard together. to pull people from all over the world in the one place. But I think it's definitely adding value. Well, yeah, what we've actually been trying to do more and more is have alternate between morning and afternoon sessions for things like that. So for pre-briefings, we really try to have a late afternoon session to hit the, uh, you know, the Australia crew and the APJ crew. And then uh, we always will do an eight or 9 a.m. session on something like that or uh, for pre-briefings and whatnot. So that way we hit the 
Europeans and the East Coasters. Do you alternate per briefing or do you do both for each briefing? Uh, we try to do both for each briefing. Occasionally, if some team is ornery or times, you know, if they're, if they just can't make it, we'll, ch we'll pick the morning one because we tend to get a larger number of folks to attend to that. Um, but yeah, we'll, for blogging club, we repeat the same content in the afternoon and morning. So that way both groups can, can receive what they so need. So one question from my side, I, I mean, I think we all share the challenge of late calls, early calls. So how do you balance your, you know, if you will, the classical type of question the work-life balance when you sometimes you have to do late calls sometimes you have to do really early calls and be in the different time zones in the same time um do you have any tips for that well the one thing i have actually learned is that my brain will not record anything that happens in a 6 30 a.m call <laughs> and so when i'm trying to meet with so you know that you there's it's like it will not it's read only there's no writing happening to that brain so if someone wants me to remember something from a meeting i'm not gonna you know i say 7 a.m or later is the latest i or earliest i can go and then likewise i'm not gonna remember anything that happens in a call after 11 p.m at night uh, so i kind of just have to have those limits because otherwise at the call it wouldn't even make sense to have that's not very limited lauren you're 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 allowing up quite a wide gap there um in terms the, of your, I mean, your time it's not like i'm on calls from you know 7 a.m to 11 p.m if i were that would be insane or it'd be like a you know svp that's you know the one-off when i need to meet with someone <laughs> at an early time or a late time i'm happy to do that is just as long as it's at at least a slightly reasonable time yeah i think we all trying to be uh, uh, superheroes in tempo in terms of time trying to sort of fit like uh, 15 hours a day into eight hours sometimes so yeah. Uh, well done, Lauren. That sounds really impressive. So Lauren, I'm really interested in this blogging club. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, it's this really awesome program that we just launched in roughly the last few months um, where we get uh, the champions every week can get tips and deep dive into different topics that help them both with kind of personal brand as well as improving their blogs. Uh, and it's actually being run by Andy Fisher, who is, pro she program manages the Champions program, but she also happens to be a really awesome long-term blogger, uh, Misadventures with Andy, I believe is her uh, blog title. And then it's uh, Andy underscore Fisher for her Twitter, if y'all want to go stalk her, because she's amazing. Um, but stalk nicely, please. Anywho, <laughs> uh, so, and basically it's to help the champions if they want to learn something more about, okay, how do I come up with cool topics for my blog? Or how do I do some good SEO for my blog? Because we have a lot of amazing people with a lot of, you know, they've got really deep thoughts. They're really cool. They're really smart. But sometimes they don't know how to get themselves out there. And so they will, um, she's been just leading these weekly sessions uh, where she goes into depth on various topics that we think that it would be worthwhile for them to hear. And the reason we're doing all this, obviously, is we want to help them kind of build themselves up. Um, and yeah, there you go. And it doesn't hurt that they're also pumping out content about Cisco. You know, we actually, <laughs> I mean, it would be nice. <laughs> they, uh, we, we generally don't push too hard on that because I figure if people want to write about us, they'll write about us if they yeah. want to write. Oh, if, yeah. It's mostly, hey, did you find something interesting? Great. Good for you. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, but over time, people... I totally share your notion. I mean, we do a similar thing here with NetApp United. Mm -hmm. I think 
some some is a bit privileged because all the AT members are great bloggers, so they don't necessarily need the tips. But a lot of the people who are just starting out, um, you know, trying to build their own brand and find their own voice, they're all grateful to receive a bit of an expert advice on how to become an expert bloggers, how to grow their audience, how to, you know, come more come across more professionally on Twitter. And it's all about just giving back. And, you know, when you, I suppose when we do those things, same goes Cisco Champions, not necessarily think about, yes, I'm going to help those people become better bloggers just so they write content about, about Cisco. That's not how it works. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I mean, Really, I one thing that I've I would say characterizes the majority of champions and something I love is that this is a group of folks who loves learning and they love sharing what they've learned. Uh, and it's it's they tend to be pretty selfless. They're giving back to the community and they're sharing, hey, I learned how to do this really cool tip or trick. Let me tell you about it so that you don't have to spend a million years Googling, you know, and hanging out on Reddit trying to figure something out. Yeah, and I think that that uh, in a nutshell is is one of the primary what similarities among our influence programs is we've got these really great people. Um, I think that's uh, you know why they get involved in in the programs initially Absolutely. because they do want to help that you know that um, that real drive to be part of a community where they're sharing with each other. I mean it's it you know you said earlier that you have a fantastic job. I think we all feel the same way. Um, Hashtag blessed. <laughs> I know, Go ahead. I noticed from listening to uh, a recent podcast, I think it was uh, season five, episode 25, that y'all have been going for about five seasons strong with the podcast uh, as one aspect of your program. Uh, we're still fairly new to this process. I think I alluded to that when we uh, got started. Um, and I was just wondering from the standpoint of the podcast, how has the format worked for the program? And do you think the the volume or the, the voice and tone have changed over time? So it's changed in that we've had different, different champions at different times will step up and really be involved. And then, you know, a life event will happen, their job will change or they'll get married or something and they get much less involved and other people will come in and kind of fill that void. So kind of how we focus and the types of questions that get asked, a lot of it depends much more on the champions who are involved. Um, so it's a, it's changed over time. I still always feel like we're still working to really solidify a really awesome format. Um, I tend to tell... I tell the folks who are going to be our guests, so Cisco SMEs, this is not going to be scripted. They, you know, we could talk a little bit about the types of topics you want to cover ahead of time, but they will basically ask you a bunch of questions until everyone's exhausted or we have to end the call. Um, and which I tend, I, I think tends to be a lot of fun for the audience, hopefully, and hopefully our SMEs because they're like, wow, I didn't have to like sit there and make a million slides. I could just chit chat about this thing that I'm passionate about. Um, so that's that's how it's kind of where we are right now. Um, and we're always kind of looking to improve the podcast. So this whole podcast thing, um, I'm really interested in, in hearing more about what you're doing with it. And uh, because I, you know, I've often thought that maybe I should be doing something similar with the A-team. But um, I guess my concern is doing um, a podcast is, a, of course, a lot of work. And you have to get um, some really committed people to participating mm -hmm. in it. Are you, do you struggle to put, you know, the, the content together or at least the topics together? Or do you find that, you know, you put a few 
people in a room and before you know it, they're just, they kind of take off from there. So the struggle tends to be getting this um, on people's calendars or getting folks to really understand what it is. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes, you know, I'll say to, hey, marketing team, we want to do a, a podcast on X. Who do you recommend? And they'll give me a program manager and I'll say, no, no, no. I need to have someone with the word engineer in their title. Mm-hmm, and I, mm-hmm. this is not to be a snob, but I want someone who's going to be gregarious right. and not necessarily feeding back marketing messaging. So um, you want an which, engineer who is gregarious. Yep. Is that yes, sort a, gre- of, uh, a gregarious mm-hmm. nerd? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That right <laughs> there is a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing we've done though is, and we we did this at the last two Cisco Live US's, and we're doing this at Cisco Live Europe, which we actually just solidified this morning. So scoop for you guys. Woohoo! Um, we have this thing called Podcast Domain, exactly. where we basically build a little plexiglass fishbowl. And we bring in all the various you know, speakers at Cisco Live who are like the really good ones, the you know principal and distinguished engineers. And we uh, hook them up with the Cisco champions and they can record podcasts throughout the day at Cisco Live. Um, and so that's been kind of a nice thing that we've had because it, it helps us to create more content, especially as, you know, during the week or during the year, we don't always have podcasts week to week. We're always working to get a little better with that and calendaring and all that. But sometimes we just don't have time to get one going. So having those created at Cisco Live uh, and, and having really a space at both the champions as well as other podcasters. So if you guys come to Cisco Live, let me know. I'll give you an hour in the podcast uh, domain fishbowl. Uh, it's I thought it's been kind of a nice, cool thing to do. That is, yeah, yeah sounds that's really a, cool. That's a great idea because you're providing that um, the envi- the right environment and you're, I guess, setting it up to make it easier for people to do this. So you're taking a lot of the, the what the uh, legwork out of it. Yeah. And, and, and the, yeah. the thing that I always push the hardest on is we need to have a good audio crew there who can get, because I like, I don't care how pretty it is when you're last year, we had actually, it looked really cool with like lights and stuff. But the thing that's most important to that is have the recording equipment so that folks who are podcasters don't have to lug around 10 pounds of, of Yeti mm-hmm. mics and other stuff with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, that's a great idea. I hope it works out well. Um, I really hope I managed to get to Cisco Live myself. Yeah, it'd be fun. Take advantage of your offer. But um, otherwise, I'm definitely going to be looking out uh, for for this Cisco Live Special Edition podcast. I'm sure it, it will be quite a lot of fun. So it's, it's pretty cool. And with that in mind, um, I actually have a, an, our next question for you. So we all share another thing in common, being working in high tech for quite a while. And a lot of people come to us, you know, young people who are just starting their career and asking us like, you know, how did you get in tech? And, you know, what what would be one of the tips that you would you we would give those younger people, especially young women who are a bit scared of the IT world? Like, what would you tell them? Um, what would you personally wish you knew when so you started So I out? came into Cisco out of a graduate program in engineering. So I was actually more on the kind of uh, semiconductor tech side of things. And I got just basically tired of all of that. And because working clean room for, you know, 10 hours a day is not fun. Anywho, so I thought, hey, marketing will not kill me likely. That's cool. Um, what One thing I kind of learned is, especially in, in this area where everyone needs to go a little bit faster, 
you don't have to perfect everything. Some things you want to have really nice, especially if they're external facing, but if you're putting a deck together for a team of folks, and especially if it's a document, for example, it doesn't need to look perfect. Just get it, get the information out there, move from that um, is probably something I wish I had thought through and known when I was much younger. I think uh, we're going to finish with a question that we ask all our guests and uh, we didn't, we don't usually provide it ahead of time, but I want to ask a question and I'm actually going to ask it to my fellow colleagues as well. Uh, right now we're in the holiday season and uh, there's something that's been, that's very dear to my heart and I have very strong opinions about it, but I always want to know how other people feel about it. And I'm throwing this out to anyone to answer. How do you really feel about ugly holiday sweaters? <laughs> Who said they were uh, ugly? Yeah. I, well, so I think we really need to let Lauren answer this, but I will just say that I prefer pretty holiday sweaters. As do I. As do I. Just putting it out there. I mean, so these days with a small one who basically leaves a giant swath of mess wherever he goes... Any clothing I have that's clean is what I'm going to wear that day. Uh, That said, on Friday, my team is having a holiday party and we're supposed to wear an ugly sweater. So I'm probably just going to go to, there's like a craft store near my place and I'll buy maybe some bells and like tape them to whatever outfit I happen to wear that day. (laughs) And it'll be both ugly and holiday centered. And there you go. So I'll be doing that. Yeah, Lauren, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I do not believe taping something on an existing outfit it counts. I just, I don't want you to get, you know, what, um, ostracized by, by the people that you work with. So to make this work, Target, go to Target. Okay. Last year they had like full, full on like business suit things that were decorated as like with Christmassy stuff. Um, it was ridiculous, but they also had it like outfits for the entire family and your dog. Uh, so I, I might have to, although I don't know if I really want to buy an entire outfit just for one thing. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't sound practical, but, uh, they're probably on clearance now or they're going to, they're close to it. They're going to be, um, marked down because you know, the, the season is, is, is really fast approaching. Right. If I'm, if I'm able to make my way to target and my husband's out of town at the moment, so I'm full time. Uh, I will send you my picture. uh, if I'm able to make it up and get something ugly. Oh, we would look forward to that. Now you're talking. Yes, we do. I tend to wear the holiday sweaters and, and I do believe in the pretty sweater, Sam. Uh, and I wear a sweater every day of the holiday season. And I think I've been doing it since about 1995 or so. Uh, yeah. Right. And tell Lauren how you uh, have to like how you take care of those sweaters when it's oh not God. holiday. Uh, they're preserved. They've got their own armoire. They get folded. <laughs> they get indexed. I know what I've worn the previous year. So what you're uh, saying, I, actually, I could borrow something you don't plan to wear this year. Yeah. I have had family members come to me for their ho- their ugly sw- holiday sweater parties, which has always been interesting. Uh, every year, someone will come to me and say, hey, I've got to go to this party. Uh, can I borrow one? Sure. The question is, do you get it back? You know, you get that's it back? the thing. I never get them back. But I try to, I try to buy a new one every year. So every season I have new, uh, merchandise to add to my collection. So uh, I'm, I'm still coming out ahead. What you're saying is you want more of these sweaters as gifts. I do. And hint, hint. I do. Please send her sweaters. I do. Yeah. Send her it's sweaters. It's a collection. Out of curiosity, how many do you 40, currently 50? have? 
something like that. Oh yeah, I have a lot of them. I really oh, do. All right. Uh, okay. I thought they, it's they, way stay, worse. they stay in their own armoire. <laughs> no. Uh, and I put them. I wear them once. I layer them, fold them, put them back. That's it. And if you uh, mm-hmm. look at my Instagram feed, you'll see that's how I keep track of what I wear, which is funny. <laughs> okay, well, I will now well. insta stalk you. Thank you. Yeah, well, <laughs> insta stalk. Wow. So good. Cool. That's going to sound wow. really weird on the recording. But <laughs> thank you so much uh, for joining us. We had a great time talking to you. Thank you for joining early. We look forward to hearing from more from you as well as from the Cisco Champions program. Uh, we're hoping that we can uh, invite you on another episode. Where I would we can love talk to. About it's been delightful. Something else. And to our listeners out there, we know you have a bunch of podcasts you could be listening to. And we appreciate the time you took to spend with us. We hope you will add us to your listen queue of podcasts. And we'd love to hear your feedback. What would you like us to talk about? Send an email to ng-tentpodcast at netapp.com and let us know. Until next time, thank you. 